From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 11th of November 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about Trump's 2024 presidential bid. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing Kerson. But first, Donald Trump's future presidential ambitions. While voting in the US midterms took place earlier this week, the results still aren't fully in, with Georgia heading for a runoff and Nevada still counting votes. What is known, though, is that the results could weaken Donald Trump's chances of becoming president again and strengthening the political stock of Ron DeSantis, the Republican Florida governor known for his fight against COVID restrictions and his don't-say-gay law. DeSantis did exceptionally well this year, with him securing a landslide victory and winning more than one and a half million more votes than his Democratic opponent. This was the largest victory in Florida since 1982 and saw him win or make gains in traditionally Democratic districts. The Republican Party as a whole may view his result as an exception on a night that saw them underperform on their expectations. For the former president, though, his victory only confounds the problem. The success of DeSantis compared to the failure of many of Trump's candidates may signal to the wider party that perhaps DeSantis would be a better candidate to put forward in 2024. And with days to go until Donald Trump is expected to announce his intention to run again, he released a long statement publicly attacking Ron DeSantis. Trump accused DeSantis, who he referred to as Ron DeSanctimonious, of disloyalty and playing games by not being open about his 2024 presidential ambitions. The pair seemed to be on a collision course for 2024, as DeSantis's stock in the Republican Party has improved while Trump's has waned. The conservative press also seems to be aligning with DeSantis. The Rupert Murdoch-owned New York Post's headline after the midterms proclaimed DeSantis as the future. Trump said News Corp, which in his words is Fox, The Wall Street Journal and the no longer great New York Post, are, quote, all in for Governor Ron DeSanctimonious, who he described as an average Republican governor with great public relations. In his statement, Trump effectively claimed responsibility for DeSantis' victory in the 2018 election for Florida governor. He says DeSantis came to me in desperate shape, and when I endorsed him, it was as though, to use a bad term, a nuclear weapon went off. I also fixed his campaign, which had completely fallen apart and stopped his election from being stolen. So the stage is set for a bitter and unpleasant showdown between Trump and DeSantis for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. Trump says that in 2016, he easily knocked his competitors out one by one, despite them having the backing of the media. But he may have a tougher time against the governor of Florida, who is some 30 years younger and is only growing more popular within the Republican Party. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. China's President Xi Jinping will meet with President Joe Biden on the sidelines of the G20 summit next week in Indonesia. It will be the first face-to-face meeting between the pair since Biden became president. But with ties between China and the US at their lowest point in decades, largely over things like Taiwan, human rights, trade and technology, expectations for any breakthrough are low. 
A Biden administration official said the president believes it is critical to build a floor for the relationship and ensure that there are rules of the road that bound our competition. Biden himself said he was sure they would discuss Taiwan and that he wants him and Xi to lay out what their red lines are in order to determine whether or not they conflict with one another and if they do, how to resolve and how to work it out. He said, however, he was not willing to make any fundamental concessions about US policy on Taiwan. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. France has frozen a plan to welcome more than 3,000 refugees currently residing in Italy in response to the Italian government's refusal to allow an NGO's migrant rescue ship to dock in Italy. The Ocean Viking had spent weeks at sea carrying 234 people, including 57 children, rescued while trying to cross the Mediterranean from Africa into Europe. Italy's new right-wing government, led by Giorgia Maloney, refused it permission to dock. Italy's proximity to North Africa has made it a hub for people seeking to enter Europe via dangerous Mediterranean sea crossings. Maloney has repeatedly said she aims to halt such crossings. The French government described Italy's refusal to take the ship as incomprehensible, adding that the rescue ship was located without any doubt in Italy's search and rescue zone, meaning it had been Italy's job to immediately designate a port. France will allow, on an exceptional basis, the rescue ship to dock in Toulon. A third of those on board will be taken in by France, a third by Germany, and the final third shared among other EU nations. French Interior Minister Gérald Darmanin said there will be extremely strong consequences on the bilateral relationship between France and Italy. It's been suggested today by a Labour MP that there is a so-called whisper list that is known in Westminster circles. It's effectively a list of 40 MPs, including two former cabinet ministers, which should be kept at arm's length due to their reputation as a bully and as a sexual predator. Charlotte Nichols, MP for Warrington North, said that the list, which isn't written down, warned those working in Westminster not to be left alone with anyone on it, nor to accept a drink from anyone on it. She added that the list wasn't perfect, as she had a harrowing ordeal from someone not on the list and someone considered good and safe, but that new names appear on it all the time. Westminster has been rocked this year by countless allegations of sexual misconduct and bullying, and this latest story will do little to repair its reputation. In the last story today, we discuss some uplifting news. Today from India. In the first half of 2022, India saved about $4.2 billion in fuel costs and about 19.4 million tonnes of coal through their use of solar panels. India aren't the only country who's benefited from the use of solar panels either. Seven Asian countries, including China, Japan and South Korea, have avoided fossil fuel costs of about $34 billion from January to June this year, which is the equivalent of about 9% of total fossil fuel costs during the period. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of what the latest news about Kherson means for Putin, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. 
And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.